Hey everyone, and welcome to CoCast. In this episode, we're going to talk about what is co-creation. And with me is Rasmus. My name is Martin. And uh, so I'll let you take it off, uh, Rasmus. Uh, you set this topic, so uh, sure. let me know what you have in mind. <laughs> sure. Um... Right. So, I mean, we, we, uh, <laughs> we're building a company uh, uh, that is, uh, you know, where we're building a product to help people you know, actually achieve co-creation in, in their lives and work. And uh, this co-cast is, is an experiment to have a co-created podcast. So I guess within that context, it makes sense to sort of just talk about what uh, co-creation is. Yeah. Sort of explore that. And I think, I think it's one of those words that haven't really received a clear definition yet. In, uh, because you can sort of see everything from like um, you know Harvard Business Review articles around it, and then it's just about brands involving their customers in uh, in sort of uh, having an input on on their product lines. Uh, but there's also sort of the I guess uh, Burning Man community where co-creation means something very specific there, and mm -hmm. then there's sort of the bridge from that to tools and work where some companies i saw microsoft had one product launch where they sort of wrote co-create co-creation or co-creators in like a, like a one one line um so yeah i think let's dive into that and just cool. look at it because because I, I mean we might not have exactly the same definition either even though i think we're quite close uh, so yeah. uh, so i think it could be could be fun to dive into Right. I mean, so I think like the best way to start start talking about something is to start talking about sort of uh, the constituent parts. So if you look at co-creation, right, mm. then you have co and you have creation and, and co is obviously together. Uh, so I think it makes sense to sort of talk about what creation is. Um, and I think in order to talk about what creation is, it's it might be useful to talk about what it's not uh, to start with. So, so maybe I can yeah. bounce it back to you there, Martin, like. Uh, what is not uh, creation for you? What is not creation? Um, the I, I think that's easy. When you create something valuable, that is creation. So anytime you are not creating value, something valuable, then you're not engaging in creation. So you can... Um, so that's, uh, I, I guess, uh, post, uh, as opposed to destruction. If you do something, like you can feel that I'm creating something, but if you're actually not producing value, then you're actually engaged in destruction, even if it might feel like crea creation. Like you can have, I mean, I, and, I, I, and I'm talking now in a very f philosophical sense. Like if I'm, uh, maybe I'm, playing a computer game and I might learn from that, which is I'm, I, I might be learning things and actually building and growing as a person from the computer game, then that is a creative thing to do if I'm if value comes out of it. But if it's only procrastination, only uh, the distraction from mm. actually engaging in growing as a person, then it's destruction, a, dis a destruction of time, potential. Um, so creating is um, an activity, any activity that where something value valuable comes out. Yeah, I think that's actually interesting. I, I, I was going to take it in another direction, so I'm happy I, I, uh, I asked you first. Uh, 
So, but I think that's really interesting because what comes out for me and what you say is actually that it's, it's very deeply personal. Like creation is very deeply personal and destruction is very deeply personal. So, I mean, for example, right, I, I always take like, I, I, I've taken this example in many, in many situations of my life, but like sometimes watching Netflix is sort of amazing, right? And you do it as a mm -hmm. kind of a creative activity. You're there, you're really enjoying it. And then sometimes it's just clicking that extra episode because you're in, you don't want to go to bed, but you know you should, then you need to get up in the morning. And it's like, you know, that destructive drive in me that makes me click that button or, or I don't know, mm. not click cancel when they autoplay it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, that it's deeply personal, at least for mm. me, when I relate to what you're saying. It, it's uh, it's not about the activity. It's it's almost about the intent uh, mm. of, of it. Um, and, and, and now we're, uh, we're talking about this uh, cons um creation and destruction as two opposites but we're the examples that we're bringing up like playing computer game and and watching netflix are about consumption and creation yeah. and consumption can also be seen as two opposites yeah uh, but um and i guess the reason why i brought up computer games is that it's a non-traditional um activity that can actually be creative. Um, mm. But if you look at, it, it also depends on the computer game, of course. When my kids play Minecraft, I see them being uh, supremely creative because they produce something in the virtual world of um, Minecraft, which has value. Uh, yeah, and I think them. it's also like, and it's, it's sort of interesting with like Minecraft example. I mean, I've never really played it to be honest, but I of course, I mean, know it and I watch stuff. Um, but I think one of the interesting things to come back to the definition of creation is kind of like that I'm creating something mm -hmm. like I am, there's something of me that's coming out in the output. So for yeah. example, in Minecraft, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, someone tells me what to build. I, I build stuff mm -hmm. because I mm -hmm. want to build it. And, uh, and it's maybe, you know, my, my style of doing it, you know, if I build a house, I will, you know build it in a way that that I think is is fun or, or rewarding. Um, and I think that's kind of like when I look at like day to day examples, we're just going to sort of rotate back, I guess, I guess a little bit to work and stuff um, is kind of if I if someone else or, or I write a task list, right, of stuff to do, and I just go into kind of completing them um, without actually being there and sort of uh, adding myself to it to the result. Um, but just sort of getting it done. I think that's also like very clearly not being in creation, but almost being in, I don't know, like it, it relates to consumption. I would want to find a good word for this, but it's almost like just being in completion, just being in like getting it done, uh, like like in consuming sort of not enjoying the food, but just getting it down your stomach, you know, mm. like mm. Uh, putting it in you. Um, and now what I hear is that you're talking about presence being presence or being aware sure. awareness or presence about the moment sure sure and it's i think it's interesting because i think this word comes back into kind of i guess guess uh, what we're like you know working with building is is kind of like how do you like bring yourself into what you're doing whether it's privately you know a computer game uh, or professionally like in your work um so i mean i can be you know, the task list is awesome. I really love having a task list because then I don't have to keep everything in my head. 
but then I can be in different modes of, of doing what I'm actually doing right now. And in, you know, I mean, everyone I think can relate to this. I mean, you know, you're talking with someone and sometimes you're like not really there, but you sort of just want to get to what you want to say and, and maybe even get to the point where you just decide what you're going to do so you can get on to the next thing. And sometimes you're really enjoying talking to someone and actually, you know, contributing and bringing out you in it. And I think that's true across the board. So like one of the things that I'm, I don't know, I think it's quite interesting with creation is that, and creativity is that I think people have a very narrow definition of it. Like just societally, there are creative uh, classes. You know, you even talk mm. about the creative class, which do certain professions. Whereas when mm. I'm talking about creation, it, it's much more of something that is, is applicable across the board. So you can be a carpenter or an administrator or a painter and, mm. and still be in creation. Um, so it's much more of like a, um, um, a space where I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, like you said, present, but also like bringing out what I have to contribute and, and sort of getting into um, like that, I guess I have something to contribute, which, which I think is a point that we're sort of, uh, have, have gotten into over, over the years as well a bit, Martin. Hmm. Definitely. So Will should we move on to, yeah, go ahead. No, please. Should we move on to, um, uh, the co part of cooperation? Yeah, sure. Yep. Sure. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of, so just establishing the baseline, right? So creation is whenever I, I contribute and I like with something that is, is me and, and add value. Right. Uh, mm. which means I think that. Uh, just to add to that definition is that I'm actually doing something that is meaningful for me. You might want to, if you simplify it, you might want to say that I want to do the goal of what I'm doing. If you want mm -hmm. to put it that way, the, the result I'm, I'm pursuing is, is something that is valuable to me. Um, yeah. And then if you take that then on the co, right, then it's of course now at least two people involved or mm -hmm. two teams or two companies or whatever. Um, and they both have their kind of individual goals, what they want to do, mm. like what's important yeah. to them. And they have their unique skills or mm. qualities, or, I mean, if you look at a company, you know, resources that they can contribute, right? Mm. Um, and then the question is then, how does that fit together? If you think about a team, right? I join the team because of my reasons, you join the team for your reasons, but the team has a goal. You know, there's, mm. there's a job for the team. There's something the team is about. So I think that just on that simple level, it's like when there are common goals that allow the individual goals to exist and where the individuals uh, are like allowed to be in creation, where there's space for them to be in creation like we've been defining. Hmm. For me, it also has, um, it's very close to the, the idea of flow, or the state of flow. And I, I could go as far as, completely leaning on flow, if that is a well-defined thing, uh, to say that co-creation is collaborative flow, like a collaborative sure. state of yeah. flow. And, um, uh, but I, I also think it's sort of cheating because it's, it's much, uh, uh, better to talk about co-creation as something, uh, on its own. And, uh, if it's, if it's uh, only about flow, then maybe co-flow would be a better word. Um, apart from it, doesn't that doesn't sound really, really on point uh, of anything? 
But no, I, th- I, mean, I think it's a I think it's a good point though. Like if you go for like if you think about flow, I mm-hmm. think flow is the state, right? So it's a very important component in it. So I really like collaborative flow, but I would almost look at it as a constituent part, like yeah, uh, of, of co-creation. Like it's it's not like it's necessary but not sufficient. Yeah, uh, in in one way because so, it doesn't so it doesn't the, cover a bunch of things. That's the where the awareness or presence um, component. So co-creation would be um, a, a, an idea of a, a complete definition would be a, a collaborative uh, state of presence where the the combined activity of the people involved produce something valuable that comes from from them as like from from their inner life or or trying trying to to pick up on what you said before yeah, about sure. that that the value sort of comes from from inside you yeah exactly I, I think it's it's so interesting because what i love about like like this way of defining it is of course it's easier to relate to it as people you know mm. you think about this state of flow right you've all like everyone's been in it i think at at some point you know whether privately or professionally and then you think about doing that together and you think about you know whenever you've achieved something together in that state of flow hmm. and you were happy about the result uh, etc so it was something that you both wanted and and it happened hmm. um what's really cool with it though is that if you actually define it kind of strictly uh, like from first principles like we have been doing today and i think we can like, we can even like do it much more like succinctly uh but if you just try to look at it something completely different let's say you know you could even go for like a, a, a company or a country, right? You could like mm. if you just if, if you just look at it like principally, there's no real difference. What whatever the type of entity. So if you take two countries, there can be an acknowledgement of what is important to the country, which is of course what it's important to the people, right? But 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 if you just look at it that way, and then you can look at the country being in creation. Okay, there are things that are important to us, and we are pursuing them together mm. right which is one of the hard hardest things in, in in democracy and we can get into that in another podcast of like where we are and where we where we might go um and then there are of course things that are important to countries right and then there's the question of how in a finite world do we sort of allow those goals and find mutual goals that we can participate with globally which is of course something that's uh, that has been happening through like supranational mm. entities, uh, but yeah. but it's it's uh, I think there's there's like a clear thing here, which is that um, I also want to actually take an, an opposition of co-creation versus competition. I think that's like I think that's also like an interesting thing because if two people are in in creation but they're competing, yeah, like like so that is they're trying to basically not make the other achieve their goal, yeah. Uh, which is of course awesome in sports and everything, right? I'm not saying competition should should be banned, but but it's it's definitely something that's um, that is in opposition if you if you're trying to achieve a co-creative flow. Which is the point of this uh, um, idea of finite versus infinite games, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Like uh, where a, a finite game is something where the where that has a winner and a loser. And an infinite mm. game is a game where everybody does what is needed to just keep playing. That the to keep playing is the goal of everyone involved. Mm. And 
and uh, that all it's also like um, in its core the the, the difference difference between um, competition versus perhaps flow or or mm. an activity where where you want to uh, build on top uh, build on top of each other's work rather than mm. um, surpassing uh, the other the other actors involved. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I mean, competition is by definition finite, right? You know, yes. you play a tennis tournament or a game, like, yeah. you know, you need to have an end, otherwise you can't declare a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think that's like, a, that's also a shift of perspective that's really important in, in and now these are probably topics we can dive into in individual, like, uh, podcasts. But, um, um, yeah, I think like when you are in a state of co-creation, I think that actually relates to the task list I said before as well. It is an infinite perspective in that you're not trying to get it done. You're not trying to kind of close it. You're actually there, of course, getting stuff done, doing it together, mm-hmm. having goals. But it's but but it's sort of a realization that even if you reach the goal you have currently, that's not the end of the game, right? You will continue, uh, continue uh, to something new. So it's almost like co-creation needs to have a direction, which consists of goals, but the direction needs to be kind of infinite almost which is what i think like the really good companies that have been built like global leaders often have like you know visions and missions that are you know impossible in one sense they're just a direction towards infinity (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. you you keep going Uh, something that is interesting about the the community of countries like the, the global community of countries is that it's in in a completely scientific sense it's an anarchy uh, if, if you read that, because there's an uh, anarchy um, literally means without leader, uh, an ar- arch of something like an archbishop is the the leading mm. bishop, and an archie is the opposite of a leader. So it's uh, yeah. something. Uh, this is uh, uh, it was Henrik that that uh, gave me that definition of anarchy and anarchy and. Uh, countries there's no leader leading country in the world uh, uh, that has a formal leadership of the others it's a it's an anarchy for for good and bad and uh, so what what does leadership play for role uh, uh, have, what role does leadership have in co-creation i actually think that's like that's a really like a good point so and I think, I wonder if it was Frederick Laloux with like reinventing organization who talked a lot about this. I've definitely read it in many places, but like the, the um, topic of self-leadership. So, um, you know, obviously we, we like, their leaders are needed, right? You know, we can't all be making every decision. And if we're going to co-create, you know, there needs to be leadership. So I think that's, it, it's like a necessary, uh, but again, not sufficient uh, requirement for co-creation is leadership. But I think the difference with co-creation, and I think this is like something where, uh, I mean, for example, uh, the Burning Man community is, is quite inspiring, is you're trying to get more leaders. So you're not trying mm-hmm. to make fewer leaders, you know, thinking about let's remove management layers, you know, it's, it's, uh, which is, of course, you know, good in many, many uh, companies. But it's more about like, how do we make everyone empowered as a leader of whatever they're doing? You know, so that's that's kind of like, even if it's a, customer service representative how do we give that person the uh, 
autonomy to take leadership of whatever their kind of remit is, whatever their area of responsibility is. And this is something that's been proven, you know, Sappos famously, you know, gives a lot of autonomy to their customer service reps and have been like, you know, one of the most, uh, the companies with the most uh, customer satisfaction. So I think like more leadership and self-leadership. So it's like almost just like a pyramid of leaders. So if you take the countries, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. like co-creation on a country level would be, you know, individual leadership and then it would be, uh, you know, of course, because you're, you're leading yourself. I mean, if you take you and me, it, like no one's going to brush my teeth. I, I need to mm-hmm. lead myself to do that. Uh, and then, but then it might be that, you know, one country take leadership in one issue, right? Or one goal where another country follows and another one in another thing. So I think mm-hmm. that's about like finding, uh, you know, where common goals and individual goals align and allowing leadership and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and kind of also then allowing the other side of leadership is if, if you lead something, you know, then in that case, I'm a follower. I don't need to lead everything. It's not like leader is something that I need to be permanent with everything. I'm a leader in some things and I'm, I'm not a leader in other things. And I mm. think that's kind of a very important um, realization. Like when you have that co-creative flow, it's, it's not hierarchical, but it is full of leadership. So it's mm. almost like fluid hierarchy where like all of a sudden I'm like, you know, if you take that example, I'm the boss and then yeah. I'm not in another yeah. thing. And that's, that's, that's great because you can enjoy that. And it's a relaxation in that as well. Like mm. some things I shouldn't lead because that's not where my competence is and some things I'm very good at. So it sounds like uh, what you're getting at is that the, the factor of leadership that, or leadership as a, as a concept should be as evenly distributed over the entire group of people co-creating as possible. I don't know, actually. I don't know no. if that because I, I always this is kind of the the the. Uh, there's definitely value in what you're saying, but I I don't want to limit it to it. So I, I would say the value in what you're saying is that trying to distribute leadership as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like uh, in like a society trying to distribute opportunity as much as possible. But if you're trying to kind of uh, ensure that everyone has exactly the the same amount of money. Well, we've seen that in kind of communism that didn't work very well. Um, so I think that's that the, uh, the perspective here is kind of like aiming for everyone to have the opportunity to take leadership, but not trying to kind of make sure that everyone has exactly the same say in everything, which is kind of the consensus culture, which is very, very inefficient management structure. Uh, or like even for just like well-being, like no one's happy being in those those organizations that I've ever spoken to, um, uh, because it means that you have need to have meetings about everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. you need to talk about everything all the time, and there's no decisions being made, and everyone's just frustrated. Uh, so I think it's almost like you know giving the opportunity for leadership, but not trying to almost like, and it's also about not comparing leadership. You know, okay, let's say that. Uh, you're the the leader of a company, right? And mm. I'm the leader of a, a, a part of that company. Uh, I mean, mm. are you more a leader than I am? I don't know. Like, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're my leader in one mm. sense, right? But you're not the leader for my my team. Then mm. I'm there. Like, you know what I mean? So, okay. So you have seven people reporting to you, and I have seven people reporting to me. 
Are you more of a leader? I don't know. Like it's it's almost like removing ourselves from that. The hierarchy is uh, is the definition of value, even though you know, of course, there are there are you know um, different competences needed at the different kind mm-hmm. of levels um, uh, potentially. Uh, but I think it's it's almost like yeah, encouraging leadership and enabling leadership, but not trying to kind of have an idea of what equal leadership should look like, and just like you know, being okay with having a leader in some things and being a leader in other things. So hmm. Maybe. Uh, some another topic that I've been thinking about this week, actually, regarding co-creation, is the uh, concept of resonance. That when we co-create, what I do. If it ends up resonating with what you do, then we can mm. both achieve a much higher output or a higher value of the output that, in what we're doing, and that can be felt um, like the in the level of emotions that we experience together. Like if I'm ra- vibrating of of joy or uh, of, on a super high frequency, or I'm sad, super mm. low frequency. If you start resonating with that, we can feel. That that sense of joy or, or happiness or sadness mm. uh, building into into much uh, like becoming much stronger. It's the same thing as when when a violin is um, um, someone is playing a violin and uh, is it a, a bow and a string? What's the English word for what you're holding? Yeah, I think uh, it's bow and a string. Yeah, the bow and a string together produces uh, rest, something resonating with with each other and that can be a strong resonance or 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 not that happens in co-creation where if there's a resonance then the value of output becomes much stronger yeah and i think it's interesting so you took emotional as an example but then you took the kind of very concrete example of, of the violin and i think like just expanding on that like if you just take the bow and the violin, right, as two, you know, alive objects, let's just imagine they are like, you know, hanging out. And then uh, uh, the bow goes to, you know, whatever it's called, stroke the violin. And then there's music, you know, if they interact in a good way. What just happened? Well, the violin, and uh, sorry, the, the um, what do you call it? Sorry, I, I lost my word. Say. Bow and, uh, bow and no, a string. the bow and string. Okay. Yeah. Wait, which one is which? So the string uh, is like well, obviously the violin and the bow yeah, is the thing that you use. Yes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, right. So the bow goes and it stroke, like it basically offers to, you know, stroke the string, right? Yeah, and the string yeah. allows it. And then that yeah. comes music. So I think it's yeah. about giving and receiving. So resonance for me is when I'm actually open to receiving what you're giving. Mm-hmm. And if you take very concretely, you know, take a discussion like this or, or whatever you want to call it. Like if I'm not listening like to what you're saying and responding mm. to it, mm. uh, which means that I'm not receive even though you are giving your words, mm. I'm not receiving them yeah. and responding to it, there won't be co-creative flow. There no. won't be co-creation. Uh, it will yeah. be as if we are having two monologues. And I think we all experience like sometimes when that happens, you know, mm. when you're talking like, you know, uh, and, and that's, it's sort of like you're not even like, in the same dimension it's literally just two people talking from their own heads or you know yeah, talk, exactly. talking heads and uh, uh, I, I was uh, listening to a music performance two weeks ago where there was a violinist who was playing solo who had uh, an amazing control of the violin where where 
the the tones she can she could produce was incredibly rich like it was so obvious that that her way of playing produced um just a, a soundscape that was out of this world and mm. i could pick up the same violin and produce i guess noise that would be and and but even even like an experienced violinist um uh, that can produce really good clear tones um might not achieve her level in just playing a single note and that that was completely it completely blew my mind the control she had over just that the touch of between the bow and the string and um but can co-creation happen with with an inanimate object where was she co-creating with the violin at that moment or what is that co-creation yeah i think so like, I think, I, I, I don't know, it just depends on the definition, because I think it sort of makes more sense to define that as being in creation, uh, because it sort of dilutes the concept. But yes, I mean, I would say in its essence, life is a co-creative process. I am co-creating mm-hmm. with everything around me, whether that's uh, alive or not. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm participating in what's around me. Um, so I think that comes back to participation. So I would rather say she's participating with, mm-hmm. the, with the violin uh, like of the of the of the you know uh, the creative process of playing the violin, uh, but I would probably limit just for you know ease of use uh, co-creation to to kind of multiple alive or I don't know multiple yeah let's call it living entities. I would mm. even say that mm. companies and countries are living organisms, mm. uh, whereas I would probably not say that a violin is a living organism because mm. it doesn't move um, mm. or change uh, on its own. Um, maybe maybe, the violinist, another... maybe she's co-creating with the with the creator of the violin. Whoever created that violin is part of yeah producing the the final final uh, output. That that I would say, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely, and that's kind yeah. of like uh, I don't know, sort of like um, indirect co-creation also, which mm. we, we also which is which is something that I think is is coming into awareness. Like economists call this externalities. Mm. Which means that there are effects of what I do that are not direct, right? Mm. Uh, but anyhow, that's that's probably another topic. Uh, but I think there's one other thing that that you mentioned that is really interesting that I want to pick out, which is like uh, the role of competence or skill in co-creation. Mm. Mm. Which is that, you know, it's easy to sort of say, hey, I'd like flow as something that's just a feeling, just a state, and not dependent on anything. But I mean, if you look at, you know, top people from sports to the arts to, you know, I don't know, computer programmer, there's a lot of skill that has been learned that enables you to be in flow as well. Hmm. Uh, So I think that's kind of like being a master of whatever you're doing, like being really, really good at it, or at least mastering it to a level where you can not think about everything, right? But just actually move with it intuitively. Um, I think that's that's something that uh, is not to be forgotten if you want to have actually good results from co-creation and you want to sort of achieve the flow state. Then you know you need to be good at what you do, like mm. um, and, and and continuously and, learn. And that it. also comes back to what we talked about before with uh, leadership and self-leadership. That, mm. that, that where where you where you have more experience is also the areas where you can take uh, a stronger leadership. 
in in the entire co-creation process. And in the in the best case, everybody involved brings different pieces to the puzzle rather than being uh, homogenous. Like everybody mm. has a different aspect of what you're doing, bring mm. different skills, and the output uh, still resonates with with everyone, so that everybody is elevating. Mm. their output to a higher higher level that they than they would on their own yeah that's that's i think that's i don't know i think that's also for when we uh, maybe can get Frederick Laloux on this podcast or something but i think it was in reinventing organizations he spoke about uh, like different types of hierarchies and that a very healthy form of hierarchy is a wisdom hierarchy or like a competence hierarchy i don't know which word he used but but it basically means that yeah i mean it's like having you know Having a coach, like if I want to learn to golf, it's good to sort of take a few lessons yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not going to figure it out on my own, right? I'm yeah. not going to get a good swing on my own, really. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to have flow on the golf course uh, without, you know, having some level of competency because the ball will not even be on the fairway. It will be in the forest. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's, um, it's a very good point that, like, like leadership also in co-creation is almost like it's earned, you know, it's like it's mm. earned with competence and it's not sort of, and, and it's evaluated based on sort of results and uh, efficacy, which is like, you know, competence. So I think, uh, yeah, that's something we should maybe dive into another time. I haven't really thought mm. about that much, but, but it rings true for me at least. Yeah. I think it's time to, time to round off. Yeah, this has too. been a super exciting yeah. uh, conversation. Thank you so much, Rasmus. Thanks, Martin. And uh, yeah, looking forward to do this next week. Yep, cool. Thanks, everybody, everybody tuning in. And uh, if you have comments or ideas about future topics, let us know. Um, and uh, have, a, have a nice, good co-creation flow until next time. <laughs>